Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On this week's episode of Damsels in the DMs. Sometimes hardships is just, it's about changing course on and, and just embracing the, the new path. So much, so much of, of our culture here in the United States is about like the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's about like, oh, I'm going to get this one booking or this one award or this one. But what about the journey, right? This message is intended as a reminder that we are not licensed professionals, not psychiatrists or psychologists. If you have a serious problem, please seek professional help. The National Suicide Hotline is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. There's some damsels in the DM. Yes, queen. <laughs> Tell us what's the vibe. Huh? What's the vibe? There's some damsels in the DM. Please, please tell us what's the vibe. DMs, DMs, yeah we see them, yeah we read them. DMs, DMs, we don't need them, we just leave them. Please, yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Oh. Boom, ba-dum, boom. I don't know what song I'm singing, but I'm feeling very sing-songy because our guest today is so sing-songy as well. Also, I just got out of the musical, Arena, a house musical written by Abel Alvarado through Casa 101, put on by TNH Productions. We celebrated a two-day special experience this past weekend at the LA LGBT Center at the Renberg Theater. Oh my gosh! Amazing! Well, hello and welcome to Damsels in the DMs. That was a very unique and great introduction, and that's (laughs) how it should be every time. (laughs) I mean, I was just trying to, boom, create that that draw, that that instant grab for our listeners. But yeah, this, this weekend was dope. How was your weekend? You know, my weekend um, was great. It was both wholesome and fun at the same time. Yeah, I, what did I do? Oh, I took, I had a little solo weekend for like Saturday during the day and Friday night. And then Saturday night I went out with my friends, but I walked around Silver Lake. I appreciated the neighborhood. I love that went to some shops and we're talking to the shopkeepers and just had such a cute little Silver Lake girly day by myself. And it was just so, so nice to enjoy my neighborhood. I like when we can do that, when we can have like one-on-one conversations with the store owners or whoever. And it's like, it kind of makes the whole neighborhood feel like your own. Or yeah. Or like you a special just, tap into the pulse of what's going on. You feel, you feel like Belle and Beauty and the Beast, like you're yes. in the village with your people and you're just hanging out and you're saying hi to everyone and that's just I wish I did this sooner so that so really could have been my little village but you know what I leave in two one and a half months so I just have to do it all now while I can uh and how appropriate what what a what a talk about alignment my goodness the fact that you're talking about beauty and the beast and then you're going to paris i mean like how oh weird how that happened cultural (laughs) and continental connections are abundant my goodness that's so cool oh my goodness also cool is the fact that you're i mean like that's such a short amount of time how how is that going like (laughs) what is your mind feeling right now (laughs) it's not um it's really not feeling right now because my heart is in such stress state 
Yeah. Um, that I don't know what's happening with my body. We're going to be fine again when I'm settled and whatever. But yeah, the past couple of months, um, when I really made my decision and when it was like, you know, really, really like time to, yes, this is happening has been just a state of chaos, but yeah, we're, we're there We're I just did a whole closet clean out on Saturday. I have all these clothes that I want to sell or donate. I have to feel think about everything that I have to do. I just don't want to. And then finding apartments in Paris, all of this, but it's okay because it's a fun time and it's going to be so great and it's going to be so worth it. So I need to think about the positives and not focus on the mm part of it, you know? Yeah, no, that's right. Well, that's good. I'm happy to hear that, you know, in spite of how much there is to do, you still have a clear sense of what needs to be done. And I'm, I trust and believe that it will all get done in the time that it needs to. Thank you. Thank you. How was your weekend? How, how did it all go? Fantastic. It was so much fun. We slammed... Yeah three weeks we, we we had to slam like rehearsal time within three weeks right and it was like a full two-hour production of a musical that is so beautifully written with um the talent of abel alvarado and lyrics by gabriel maldonado directed by Vigo tejeda and produced by dramaturg patricia zamorano and Felipe, whose last name I'm forgetting now, but the talent, oh my goodness. When the, when I first auditioned, they invited me to be a part of the ensemble. So I said, yes. And then they also invited me that same day to participate of the, in the reading of the mm. script that they were working on. And the talent that's part of the story had already been with the story for, um, I think, what, five years, maybe less than, or around that time frame. So I was, you know, blown away by the voices that I was experiencing that first day. Then I was also intimidated because I had to learn the choreography and like songs um, within a matter of three weeks uh, with people who had already been doing it for quite some time now. But, you know, yeah, it was just a really magical experience of getting on board and just doing what needed to be done and celebrating people along the way. I even got to help with social media stuff, which is not my forte, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I was, it, it's been a really beautiful time of connecting and celebrating and storytelling. So I'm super, super grateful, but not as grateful for our guest that we have on today, writer, director, and actor, and academia extraordinaire, Teddy Alexis Rodriguez who I collaborated with last year and this year on Daddy Date, but he is working on expanding and developing a feature-length project called How Did Edward Lose His Accent? Oh my God, what an amazing and talented individual to, to have on the podcast. I'm so excited. This was honestly like, I love talking to him and the fact that he is a physicist, well, I don't even know if that's the right word, but a professor of physics and also a storyteller and is in the theater department, just this, this is a unique human being. And it was just so lovely to talk to him. And yeah, I'm excited to, I'm excited to get into it. Yes. Let's get into the wrinkles of all the gray matter. My goodness. <laughs> Hello, my goodness. Thank you so much for making time to spend with us here on the podcast. My goodness, Teddy, how are you? I'm good. Thank you for having me. It's my honor. 
Thanks for coming on. Oh, thank you guys. Already, <laughs> already with the sweetness. It's going to be a good time. So sweet, so sweet. So as we're jumping in, you know, tell us and our listeners a little bit about who Teddy Alexis Rodriguez is and, you know, where you're from, where are you at and where do you see yourself in the future? Who am I? I'm still trying to figure that one out. <laughs> um, so I was born in Ponce, Puerto Rico. That's an island in uh, the Caribbean. I think most people know it, but just in case. And yeah, I was born from a family that was a working family. My parents are teachers. Um, and I always th thought about teaching as an option for me. So I have a lot of ed education background. Um, and uh, I moved to Texas to pursue my doctorate. So I also did my, my bachelor's and my master, but we don't have to go, go into all of that. Um, and then um, eventually I found my way to Los Angeles, which is where we cross paths. And that's kind of like the short version. Oh, okay. So when did you, when did you make that move from Puerto Rico to America? When I was finishing my master's, I, um, got full righted into my master's program. That means that the school kind of take care of all your tuition and they give you money kind of to uh, attend the program. So I was very lucky in that way. Also, I was very good academically. So that's what, how that happened. <laughs> and I was looking into doctoral programs and uh, in the island, there were only two programs that were not really a fit for me. So I started looking uh, in the US because Puerto Rico, has a very unique uh, situation with the United States compared to other countries in Latin America. And it's that we are a uh, uh, territory, but we're not incorporated to the United States. So in that gray area, Puerto Ricans are considered United, not considered, we are United States citizens. So to me to go to a school in the United States was just, uh, I wasn't considered an international student, just an out of state. And that's a difference in a lot of money because when you're international, your fees go way up. Mm -hmm. um, so I was looking for a program and uh, applying around until uh, a program in Texas accepted me. And uh, that's how I did the jump. I was mid twenties, really young. When I, I when I moved to, to uh -huh. I have to ask. Sorry, I also I did not grow up in America, so uh -huh. I was definitely hit by um a lot of culture shock, especially mm. moving to. I went to Wisconsin, so moving to Texas, like, how was that like for you? Well, it was a very big cultural shock because um, you know, it was the first time that I experienced uh racism but violent racism because we have in in latin america a version of racism and colorism obviously exists but the violence that is built into racism in the united states is a little different and when you don't grow up with it um it's very shocking um and i studied english as a second language and it's not the same as being immersed in the language that learning it just like academically. Mm -hmm. So that was a whole nother, another chalk too. So it was chalk after shock that I was in a very um, uh, white program. So I had to navigate all of that, a lot of politics and all of that it was a lot of, a lot of shocks all at once. It was basically like being in a 
stuck in a in a dryer in the faster cycle like just like yeah happening. what's happening <laughs> yeah i'm all about the metaphors you can ask alejandro <laughs> <laughs> well one thing that i really admire about you in you know collaborating with you is you have this ability to tap into multiple hemispheres at the same time of the brain it's it's really cool how you know you are so talented and um able-minded in physics i mean my goodness anything with math is just like a foreign language to me but then to be able to counsel others on more creative expressions like acting and filmmaking it's just yeah it's it's incredible did you have an idea that you were going to be so skilled in both uh, facets of life in, in terms of like mathematics and in theatrics when you were pursuing the doctorate or was that something that kind of evolved over time and yeah yeah that's a great question so the when I was an undergrad um I guess we're, we're we're focusing this very academically, which I love. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, since since that's what I do, I'm a professor. Um, so uh, when I was doing my undergrad, my my dad. I, so I was 17 when I started when I started uh, my undergrad. Uh, so that happened not because I was advanced or anything. It was because uh, some ratchetness that happened in the island. So my mom went to en enroll us in kindergarten and we were, um, I have a twin sister and she, we were four and she's like, they need to get into kindergarten. We, we need to start uh, like, you know, and they were like, well, we don't have kindergarten this year. If you want, just start them in first grade and uh, uh, they'll just get hold for one day and do first grade one, twice we ended up doing so well that we just were a year in advance we were not like get through or anything but i know things that happen in the island only on the <laughs> island so um so i started school my dad was like you're not majoring in theater because i know what you want to do you want to get a degree in theater you have to do something else which was a uh it sounded like it was aggressive but it was a great advice because i decided to be a physics major with a double major in theater, which in the 90s, that was really difficult to do because it wasn't built in for it. So I was doing both and uh, they both kind of inform what I was going to do. So fast forward to when I'm getting my doctorate, talking about the politics and stuff that I had to navigate because my master's wasn't in theater. The, the theater department was like, well, we're not gonna let you teach for us until later which made, made my financial situation really hard because when you're doing your doctorate, either you have a big scholarship or you're teaching for the school for really cheap. So they give you tuition really cheap. That's kind of like the trick, right? So I went to the physics department. I was like, hey, I have a master's in physics. So I started teaching for the physics department while I'm getting my theater degree. So mm -hmm. I never was like a physics or a theater person. I was always both at the same time. And uh, I really li liked it that way because it's just, like you said, it's different areas of your brain. And um, I just feel very balanced. Like right now I'm teaching both in different schools, obviously. And I'm just, it's just like, a I'm, I'm prepping my script analysis class in my physics lab. <laughs> so it's just, and it's just becomes so natural to me. So uh, I feel blessed, to be honest. I feel blessed that I get to, to do both. You know I what I mean? Like fulfilled. I wish I knew you when I was in college because physics is the one class that was holding me back. Oh no. Great. I had physics tutors. I was in like 
study groups and I could not, couldn't, my brain just could not work in that way <laughs> to understand it. You know what I think it is? Mm. It, I think it's some, most of the times, I don't know if that's your case, but most of the times it's not taught well. Yeah. What I notice it's that, um, I mean, and it's something that, believe it or not, is one of the least abstract sciences. It's it literally, it's physics. It's things that you can observe and see. You know, it's electricity, it's gravity, it's things that we can see. And so it should be easier to teach, but... Um, I don't know what it was, to be mm -hmm. honest. Like when the tutor would explain it to be like, oh, I understand. And then we look at the problem, like, I don't get it. I don't get any of this. This is gibberish. Like this doesn't yeah. make sense to what you were saying. But that's really impressive that you have both and you're still doing that right now, which is really cool. Yeah. yeah. Curious. Do you have any influences in your, in your journey as a physics person or as a storyteller that had an influence and still have an effect today of course i have a lot of influences you know and the the person in uh in the theater that i did my first show the that theater was called figueroa chapel ramon figueroa chapel and that dude believe it or not had a theater degree and a physics degree i and know that's right hell yeah and, and if you don't believe in how the universe speaks to you then i don't know what you're doing with your life <laughs> you know what i mean because those things are not they cannot be coincidence they're too aligned yeah. um i have uh you know most of these physicists by the way like newton and uh all these people that were there were gay men that love art Huh. That's believe amazing. it or not That's like so newton is just one day the, like he was the one that discovered gravity right mathematically uh and that's on quotes for uh, for all the audio listeners um and uh, i'm bet they never said this but i bet he was just dreaming about some guy under the the, the famous stories that he's just under an apple tree and an apple falls and then he starts thinking about why would the apple not stay there and falls down and then he starts talk, talk, thinking about there must be a force that it's pulling it down and that's how he starts unpacking what gravity is uh so yeah all, all, all of those things i think they're connected i don't know how because i am not that smart yeah. <laughs> they are. wait 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 i want to go back to what, what uh -huh. the hypothesis of him being gay or yeah, yeah. i just think what? that's all connected somehow you know what i mean i don't know how but all of those things have to be connected okay. somehow <laughs> you're that's like he was studying gravity and the apple fell from the tree. So therefore, <laughs> therefore, it has to be. No, no, he's a gay man that we know. We know that for sure. And it doesn't have anything to do with it. But I'm just saying that it's oh. all connected with what I am because we're talking about influences, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think those are all, all things that are connected for us to be f fully who, who we are in a way. So can you take us back? Take us back uh -huh. to the past and when you were a kid or when this started, this love for film and acting and directing, when did that start? And can you walk us through that journey to where you are today? It really started, uh, nothing starts like in a moment. I think we all want like the, the moment, right? That we see the shiny, sparkly heels. <laughs> but um, I think for me, 
I had a best friend when I was in uh, middle school and she loved um, Hollywood musicals. Like the old ones from like the 50s, like Singing in the Rain and all that stuff. She loved. And the only way to get them, this is early 90s, to get them in the island was, I don't know. I don't know how old are you, but I'm assuming you're younger than me. But there was something called the Columbia Club. And it was, you will get a mail uh, envelope and you could get like 10 DVDs for like a dollar. It was like a mail that. thing. You, you like do a, remember? It was like a catalog thing, right? There was a yeah, like it was sure where you could like select. But you like, had to do like a number. Like yeah. you had to order with like a number. It was like so old school, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> way back. So you will put numbers in there and then you wait like weeks and weeks and then the package will arrive with all the movies. And yeah. I remember every time we'll like get more musicals and because of what you order, they will like print because they won't give you the full catalog. It's thousands of movies. They just give you like, kind of like what you're like, like your, the algorithm will be. They will suggest, and that's how we'll be find out about the internet wasn't a thing. So we couldn't Google what, what the movies were. So that we were started discovering like, oh, another Fred Astaire movie. And that was always so inspiring to me. Like all of those things that were connected to each other. Like, you know how Singing in the Rain has some other numbers from other movies. All of that was so mind-blowing to me. So my mom had a typewriter because she was the first one to go to college from her family. And um, she got a typewriter to write her papers. And for everybody that doesn't know, a typewriter (laughs) (laughs) was a thing that just typed words right into a paper and it was mechanical. This is for all the younglings. Clack, clack, clack. (laughs) So I love that sound of like, I thought it was so professional to see somebody typing. Uh, a, sto- a story or something so that always kind of intrigued me like oh I have the power to write something and then make it look and because I had a typewriter that was like quote-unquote my privilege right mm-hmm. um so I had the power to write things and since I was little I, f- I, f- I found a couple stories that I wrote I will write like these tiny like morsels of stories and um, that was always very accessible to me and when we got to high school, me and my best friend, we auditioned to be in a performing arts high school. Um, and we got in. And so it was all a government program. But it had all the classes. It had makeup. It had acting. It had directing. Yeah. And that's how we, st- we started um, kind of like my, 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 my storytelling was that way. That's why when my dad told me, do not do theater, he knew where my mind was at because I was already in in the performing arts high school, which was an after school program. So it wasn't like uh, you couldn't get your high school degree there. It was just the theater stuff that you would do that. So I will do that after high school, my actual um, mainstream education. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yes, definitely. And also what a smart parent advice to give yeah. you. you yeah, know? keep it, keep it balanced. Little did he know because my parents are truly boomers. Uh, that the economy was gonna get so crazy, right? Because for them, upper mobility was the thing. My my, my grandparents were sharecroppers. They worked the sugarcane fields. Um, and because my parents got an education and started teaching, they were able to buy a house, which was one of the first houses that 
the family as a whole had, you know? So those are things that are generational change. Yeah. Those things are not as available anymore because things are very different right now in the world. Uh, not to get super serious, but uh, so I, I think that was, there's a lot of foretelling there when he's giving me that advice when I'm 16 and applying for college years and years ago. Mm. So I what other tools have you Sorry. been able to implement in overcoming some challenges that you faced in your career or personal growth? Uh, the tools are always ever changing, right? Because the situations mm. are always different, right? Yes, um, that's right. <laughs> I think um, the best thing to do is I, I, what I do is I try to always have uh, uh, something what I call pockets of joy. So it's a moment that I take that it's non-consequential and um, non-intellectual. So I'm going to do something that is going to be fun for me, but it's not going to have any consequence. So I'm not uh, doing drugs. I'm not overeating. I'm not doing anything that has consequence, but it brings me joy. So I assure that it's healthy, but also I assure that I decompress my in my intellectual. So I have something that is called cognitive overload. That means that I'm always thinking too much about things. So I have to be very conscious about, about that um, and try to work out as much as I can with the very little time that we have with all commutes and all that stuff. So I think those are two tools that are always, always work. You were going to say something, Ash? It was just a little side note about the sugar uh -huh. cane. Did you drink a lot of sugar cane juice when you were little or eat sugar cane? <laughs> you know, uh, not a lot because um, after the economy changed in Puerto Rico, so uh, we, we switched from agricultural to more industrial. So all of those things were abandoned. So um, every now and then my dad will, will do, uh, we, we, we will call it um, harapo, which was the, the sugar cane juice which my dad is really anti-sugar, which again, another thing that was like really forward for him in the 80s and 90s, because he always said that sugar was bad for us, even though they were always saying that it wasn't, right? Remember that back in the day? So um, it was like a treat, like very rare. Um, so yes? Yes, okay. Cool. <laughs> we had a, I grew up on sugar cane. Like that was my version of any treat, candy, whatever, it'd be sugar cane. It's is is a very very sweet, like overwhelmingly sweet. But yeah. I am a, I felt like I was addicted to it as a child. Like even now, if anyone mentions sugar cane, I'm like, where? Yeah, well, they said it's more more addicted than some don't like crack. Like it's like that addictive. So, hey. <laughs> <laughs> a word from our sponsors. I read something um, about your first play that you did in high school uh -huh. and what a director said to you specifically about yeah and I don't want to say I want you to tell the story and yeah. kind of I want I just want to know like if that experience had impacted your decision to you know get had like not hindered or kind of like yeah I guess molded your decision to still keep going and get into acting and directing and all of that so let's just go back. So I, I would say, I would say it's more than that. I think it was life-changing, mm. that, that experience. Um, so it wasn't in, actually, it wasn't in high school. It was in college. 
Um, uh, but it was my, my first college uh, play. And what happened was, so I go through my performance at high school. So I get to college and um, there, is, there is a theater program and everybody's kind of like starting out, right? Um, there's not a lot of theater going on in, in Puerto Rico. So everybody was kind of new. So when we, I go to auditions, I murder this thing, right? So I'm just like, <laughs> little 17 year old gay Teddy is like murdering this thing. Cause of course I have technique at that, at that point. I've already been into a performance at high school. So I booked one of the roles, I'm super excited. And um, something that happened during that time is that there was a strike in uh, the student strike in the on campus. So when that happened, usually that was in order to keep uh, tuition um, prices the same because they were doing a, an increase. Um, this this informs the, the story at the end. So please indulge me. So then, um, so we go into strike. We're like two weeks into strike. So we're in the middle of rehearsal and the director is like, we're going to keep rehearsing. We're going to meet like off campus somewhere. So I keep going to rehearsals. The, the campus is shut down for two weeks. So, so half of the cast just decides we're going home. Uh, see you later. So we come back. The, the strike is over. We get back to the to the theater, reset the dates, you know, all that mess, because everything is like pushed like two weeks. And uh, so the director is like, I am going to fire everybody that was absent from the strike, which fair, right? You missed this, the well, fair-ish. So he got rid of them. And then he decides that because I am too gay, for the for the role that he was gonna fire me too, even though that I knew my lines, I was doing everything on point, like super professional. I wasn't doing anything, and then I realized, well, this is gonna be a thing now. So it just really switched my brain into thinking more about starting producing and starting writing my own things with purpose, you know, because at the time I was writing some stuff, but it was just, I never took it super serious um, or uh, or had any focus on specifically guiding it towards my storytelling. And th th when I was 17, it really was the time that I started kind of like switching gears into really focusing on that. There's been other forks on the road when I'm um, doubting myself or like kind of changing focus, but that was the time. If we're gonna take it like one time, it's that time when I when I was seventeen and that director did that to me. Yeah. So, was that a long story? <laughs> no, that was no. a great story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A really not not nice thing to go through at seventeen, but I love the way that you took it and ran with it and. You know, it was, a, you're a child at 17. That is such, that's a baby. But yeah, you yeah. took that and you ran with it and you made your own stuff. And you were like, you know what? This person said this to me, but am I going to be upset about it? Or am I going to take it and make my own shit with it? And I really, that's really powerful and really amazing that you did that at 17. Yeah. And, you know, the, the, the idea I'm, I'm not going to say that I wasn't bitter about it because, I mean, there's always a time to, you know, be mad, kind of like heal. So all of those things, um, I know a lot of people try to push uh, some of those feelings away, but what I, what I did with it is kind of like regroup with it, right? There, there was definitely some anger 
in there too. Um, but I, what I did is not kind of like sit down and and uh, just stop. It just kind of like I, I'm like, oh, look, it's, there's more fire for for my for my uh, you know for my power. You know, it's, it just was feeding in, into into that energy. So yeah, it was it was life changing for sure. Yeah. Character building, my goodness. What a what an interesting impact it must have had on your own fortitude and really like believing in yourself and picking yourself up with your own bootstraps. I mean, that's wild. That's really wild. <laughs> but here you are striving and succeeding and creating and collaborating and getting all the the accolades and positive momentum. I mean how exciting that we were able to do daddy date twice we were able to do it in the fall of 2022 oh and God. now in the spring well winter spring of yeah 2023 uh where just a side note onto sure. successful experiences that we've shared where is can you share with audience is how where we can see daddy date next possibly uh, so daddy day right now daddy day is resting right um so we did it um uh, just a little bit of context we did it in a short and sweet and uh, alejandro and i uh kind of you've been the one in the helm at from the beginning right because i if i reach out to you from the beginning i'm like hey i have this idea what do you think and he's like write it go for it do it yeah <laughs> and um, <laughs> and uh, that's my impression of alejandro i was spot on it was so spot on <laughs> <laughs> so um so we did it at the short and sweet festival we advanced to semifinals uh, almost finals and uh, then we also did it at the frida kahlo uh festival and uh, we're now trying to see if we can get into the brisk. We'll, we'll we'll know about that at the end of the summer, and then we'll see where that journey of Daddy Day takes us. Um, and it's been a really really fun ride. Um, you know, from that kid that was seventeen on cast to that same kid, just a little more grown up creating these spaces for fellow gay men to you know express themselves kind of like be loud or be as queer as they can um so it's been fun what do i have in the docket well um i do have an exclusive if you want it mr alejandro oh please let us have it let us have it all so the next thing that what I'm be working is that um, my full length, how Edward Lucy's accent is going to have a workshop production in Fullerton College next semester. So I'm really, really excited. That's what I'll be doing. So it's it's developing more of that script for a workshop production for my school, which, believe it or not, that is really rare because these schools really like, you know, the Shakespeare's the Chekhov's it's really rare for them to do new works and most less new works from somebody that is local to them so uh I'm really excited well, so that's next. a testament to your strength your power as a storyteller your gifts I mean my goodness as, <laughs> as surprising as it might be <laughs> how well deserved it is that you know you get to see your story live in this way at such an institution that's really dope yeah. It only took 30 years, you guys. Hey, <laughs> we're here. Right. Who's counting? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what, uh, there's this queer author, um, 
this she actually actually not queer she's just really queer friendly kathy griffin she always say i'll wait you out honey i'm always here i'll be back <laughs> i'll be back when you're all done with other <laughs> so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm really excited. So, well, um, yeah, it will be done with students. Uh, the students are 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 going to, you know, take the journey with me, and um, and then we'll we'll keep moving moving those scripts, and then that date we do have plans to film it at some point. Uh, so that's also in the docket. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. And I understand you are quite a big fan of having your morning coffee. Are there any other uh-huh. aids in your day that you like to implement any tools that you like to or routines rather that help keep you churning throughout the 24 hours um love me a coffee in the morning um i brew it myself my mom sends it to me from puerto rico because once you have puerto rican coffee what is it that they say once you have puerto rican coffee you can't go back that's not a thing, but you know what I mean. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> um, I love me my coffee in the morning, and um, in the morning is when I do my pockets of joy. So some uh, something that I do is uh, I try to sing a little bit. Yeah. So there's show tunes going on in my car. I have a long commute from here. I live in Hollywood. Fullerton is in another county. So always try to be, you know, relax. And get the day going and you know the alarm is really aggressive y'all mm -hmm. if you think about it the, how you wake up informs so much of your day so some I, I have to do an alarm i have to wake up at five but after that let's i try to be more gentle with myself you know what i mean what is the wildest or funniest or most inspirational dm that you've ever received okay you know, uh, so I don't get a lot of DMs, believe it or not, but there's one DM that haunts me for a long time. Haunting. Uh, oh. uh, so I don't know if this is uh, within the mood of the podcast, but here it is because it's a good story. Yeah. So a long time ago, um, this person, uh, she was female presenting, but it could be, I got, you never know. So um, they sent me a DM and she was, she was like, oh my God your instagram is so inspiring um i've been going through your stories your story like it was saying all the right stuff you know like your storytelling is so amazing blah, blah. and i'm like mm, thank you she and she was like can i use this picture to do a drawing because you're like just like amused like so i'm like oh my god i'm like I'm like Penelope Cruz in Pedro Modover's movie. I'm like, somebody's mm -hmm. amused. So I'm so excited. So I tell her, of course. So I don't hear from her like in a week or two or whatever. And then she sends me this drawing, which I, I am almost 100% sure that it was an AI drawing. Like it was not a real drawing. So she sends me the drawing and she was like, here you are. But it's, it had it had like a... What is that called? Like a watermark on it, uh -huh. but a really aggressive one, you know, like the ones that you like, you can barely see anything. And I'm like, it looks great. Good job. Blah, blah, blah. She's like, how much will you pay for it? Oh, hell no. Oh my God. No. <laughs> and I'm like, I am so, as I told her, I am so sorry, but I do not pay for unsolicited art. And also, um, uh, you know, I would never commission, like, I was like, I would never commission this, first of all. And second of all, like, that was not what we agreed, right? 
And y'all, she keep DMing me for weeks. Oh my gosh. Oh. And uh, so, yeah, that was like the wildest DM. But <laughs> I thought it was so funny because the way that she swooped in was so clever. And I usually don't fall for stuff like that. But that that one time, I think she smelled my vulnerability because I just fell for it so, 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 so hard. <laughs> And every now and then she will eat, text me again and say, hey, I still have your picture. <laughs> so she's not even trying to sell new ones. She's trying to sell that. It's the same wow. one, bro. Oh the same God. one. Wow. Ooh, okay. Well, if she's listening, you know, we celebrate your. Alejandro your wants a portrait too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he will pay. I'm good on that. I'm good on he that. will pay I big money. <laughs> no. Um, Go get him. <laughs> interesting <laughs> yeah that was my wildest dm um yeah i haven't gotten one that i i, I always wanted one that was like you know like one of the sexy ones i never got the mm. one but one can dream no of. like no sugar daddy ones sugar da no i i think at this time i'm already the sugar daddy so. <laughs> <laughs> your face just that was hilarious you're like uh excuse me <laughs> Um, <laughs> sugar grandpa, maybe. Sugar grandpa, oh hell no! Sugar grandpa. Oh um, I'm all about sugar. I I come from the sugar cane field. So uh, if anybody's listening, want to send some sugar? Uh, I'm down for sugar, sugar daddies, sugar grandpa, sugar sons, sugar siblings. <laughs> you sugar let me siblings. know. <laughs> <laughs> wait we didn't even get to talking about your twin sister because that was oh, the yeah. thing that stood out to me and i was like oh i have to ask you about your twin sister okay ask me okay so is she also in the industry does she also in la how close are you what was that like growing up with a twin i've always uh -huh. wanted a twin all of all of that oh my goodness um so she's not in la she's in puerto rico um she's not in the industry but she's a very gifted singer she, she can blow like she's really really good what um and she's a teacher too um she teaches elementary school i love this family of teachers and professors it's in my blood it's crazy it is and um uh, she she sings for for our church so she is one of the main singers for our the choir so that's how she channels her artistic abilities and yeah we're really close we text pretty much every day uh we fight like crazy because mm -hmm. there's no uh, difference of status, right? We're the same age, uh, like, so there's no filter about, like, I'm the oldest or anything Well, who like came that. out first? She did. <laughs> Your face. <laughs> she did, and she knows it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I knew you were gonna ask that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is status. She came out first. She was okay. she was out in the world first. Okay, <laughs> I agree to disagree. And, <laughs> um, uh, what else? Oh, so growing up, we did every every single class together except for third grade. The, my dad tried to switch us from elementary school, and they put us in separate grades. We did so horrible, and uh, so they switched us back to the school, and uh, they put us together again so it was fine it wasn't that we were separated it was like that that school that they put us in was tough but yeah we did everything i personally loved it because i always i always felt like a little bit of a loner and i have a little bit of social anxiety so my sister was 
the opposite to that like she was always like very social very good about like parties and stuff like that so it was really rare for us to not get invited like you wouldn't invite a twin and not the other twin um but it worked the other way too because then when I have friends that they would invite her too and like uh, we all every now and then we'll have like the whole like uh, well they're my friends like (laughs) stuff like that like petty stuff like kid stuff but yeah, we, we have a lot of memories that we share together, which I appreciate. Crazy enough, my dad is also a twin. So he what? has a twin. I know. <laughs> so he has a <laughs> twin sister and they were the opposite. They're, when they were in school, they didn't do anything together. Mm. So um, my dad kind of make a point about us really connecting in that way, which I really appreciated. Um, and yeah, it, and how was it is i don't know any difference so i cannot tell you how, what true. it is to uh not have siblings or have a younger siblings so, but um i thought it was cool like we get, we got to do everything together right graduate together uh prom all of that stuff we share we have the same friends so that that's kind of unique and i think it's a blessing yeah i love that yeah. thanks for sharing that was so nice i yeah. um yeah, my one of my best friends just gave birth yesterday to two twins, and it's a boy and a girl. Oh, cool! Yeah, and yeah. So the thing with us is just that uh, the twin thing. The only thing about us being twins is that we're the same age, right? But we don't share any gen uh, genetic uh, similarities. I mean, we do mm. come from the same two people, but that compound can be different, right? Uh, right? From science, we know that you can be like 90% your dad and 10% your mom or 50-50 or so we're just really siblings that were happen to be born in the on the on the same uh situation kind of yeah. like we 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 drove the bus at the same time basically to life. Um so that's that. So we're both Pisces obviously and we're like uh like, like i tell alejandro sometimes it's like I, sometimes there's a pisces that go this way and there's one that go that way and those are very different pisces <laughs> so that's my sister and i too well it's true oh, i mean awesome. even the symbol itself is like two fish going in totally different directions and mm-hmm. I feel like that happens to me so often where it's like mm-hmm. i'll be heading in a course of action steadfast and strong and then some blow of the wind might totally change the course and then it's like well here we are regardless we're of what I knew where i was going and you know keep on swimming it's no silly but whatever that's what's that's what makes us so unique so beautiful so sparkly and shiny amidst the crazy waters of life <laughs> yeah the thing is it's about enjoying the journey you yeah. know and uh so sometimes so hardships is just it's about changing course on and and just embracing the the new path. So much, so much of, of our culture here in the United States is about like the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's about like oh, I'm gonna get this one booking or this one award or this one. But what about the journey, right? So uh, I can talk about Edward getting into Fullerton College, but like we really unpacked today. There was thirty years of journey there. Right. And if 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 I don't embrace that journey, then it's 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 tougher. So it's just about the journey and kind of like reassessing where you are, and, you know, healing, getting to the next thing. I, th- I think that's important. So, yeah, there is truly no mountain high enough. My goodness. 
<laughs> okay, Diana. I know that's right. Well, on the sing-songy note, though, um, our DM of the week asks, uh -huh. what is the last song that made you jump into character to lip-sync for your mirror? Mm. I've been into, um, do you know Luis Miguel? Yeah. So uh, Luis Miguel is a very famous Mexican uh ballad singer he's like a power ballad from the well he's been around for a long time but in the 90s he was really dwelling into older ballads so in the 90s he was recording stuff from like the 50s and the 40s and uh, so I, I was listening to one of his albums this weekend i sing the hell out of it yeah okay all right well do you want to give us a little sample oh no, you don't have, we're not, we're not trying to put you on the spot. You don't have to do that either. But You want me to sing in your podcast? Oh my goodness. No, no, you don't have <laughs> to feel no force. It was just a mere question. Reloj no mareques las horas Porque voy enloquecer that's all you get. Okay. Wait, so you and your sister are so talented at singing. <laughs> <laughs> no, my sister is so, like so much. I'm telling you, she is the singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to put her in a, in a film at some point for sure. Yeah. Well, Teddy, thank you so, 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 so much for taking the time to join us today and sharing with us your journey, your helpful tips, and your beautiful light. But can you please take a moment to give our listeners uh, an opportunity to follow you on Instagram, keep up with any work that you have coming up? Sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. It's it's really a treat. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, so my website is teddyrodriguez.com. You can find all of my handles there. Um, but if you don't like going to websites, it's all over it. It's at Teddy Alexis. Um, and I'm on Instagram. I'm in YouTube. I'm in Twitter. I'm in everywhere, baby. Just find me. We will find you. <laughs> well, thank you. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. Well, everyone, this has been another episode of Damsels in the DMs. As always, please rate and review. Um, tell us all the things that you love and what else do they have to do, Alejandra? They have to subscribe, review, send yes. us your letters, send us your DMs, send yes. us voicemail if you want. My goodness, if you'd feel comfortable having your voice shared on the podcast, do it. Send us something. Send us a joke. Send us a question. Send us something that's on your mind. And we're here to talk about it. We're here to answer or provide any advice that we can. But in the meantime, in the meantime, in the downtime. Until next time. Until next time. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. <laughs> Bye. DMs, DMs. We don't need them. We just leave them. Please. Yeah. It's going down in the DMs. Bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.